Blog Talk Radio. Time with Pastor Steph. Yes, oh my goodness, and she talked about, 
you know, the security that she felt and she saw in the dating process, as well as the security she saw since they've been married. Yes, yes, yes. Let's grab one more from the side of uh, our brother Yvette. Oh, I loved his presentation looking through his eyes when it came to an attractive spouse. And I asked him, what does that look like? Oh, I loved it. If I can remember correctly, he took it from like three different, Angles. And at that point, you knew he was looking through his eyes. He was speaking through his view. Yeah, because, I mean, it, that thing, I, I said it was broad, but man, oh man, oh man, he just narrowed things down and really honed in on some uh, different Areas, okay, and here was one of my favorite. Oh, our lady Yvette, she talked about self care. How does self care look through her eyes when it came to Dennis? And oh, 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 what a presentation! She talked about caring for him and taking out his clothes and um, taking care of his health you know, helping him take care of his health. But then she put a little twist on that thing. She said, well, you know what? I wanted to see him graduate so that he would do it for himself. And then she put a challenge out there. Yes, to the men. She said, let me tell you, do this and watch how your wife responds. Oh, it was good. It was good yesterday. They were one of our youngest. I think they could have been, actually. They may have been our youngest couple to date. And when I tell you they knocked it out the park, I mean they knocked it out the park. Yes. Oh, fantastic job they did. Fantastic job. Well, our Monday morning could not finish properly if we did not get that switch tip with Shantice. Don't take what the enemy is offering. Oh, powerful. Powerful, powerful. You know, (laughs) oh, my goodness. You know, I I had a subsequent conversation. You know, I was talking yesterday evening, and that came up. You know, not in those exact words, but that came up. Don't take what the enemy is offering, because the enemy will offer you a whole lot of stuff. And, you know, he will present himself as an angel of light. And you think this stuff is good. You think this stuff is good. You know, <laughs> I was talking to Shanti's yesterday or Sunday, one of those two. And 
you know, I, I got to pray for God's people. I really do. I really do. I, I, I got to pray for God's people because it seems as though we're not behaving too much differently than the world. Yeah, yeah. Through my eyes. Ooh, you know, God has given me a view. And it's something that I've been praying to him about. And, you know, God, let me see. You know, because he was already showing me some stuff. Yeah, it, it just seemed like... He just wanted to show me so much all of a sudden. And, you know, I realize that when you have a platform like this and you're doing the will of God, and, and I'm saying that in, a, in this manner because what, 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 what I mean is I didn't ask the broadcast. This is what God gave me. This is what God put in, in my lap. And he's showing me us. Those of us who claim to be his. And I've said this to you in more recent weeks. I said it seemed like maybe about six months or so after he gave me the broadcast, this, this It's Due Time platform, that he said to me, I'm going to show you, I want you to start talking to my people. I know you're, you're, you know, you're reaching out to everybody, but I, I want you to start challenging my people because, you know, everybody's not doing this. Everybody's not doing this. Again, where we've come into... The, the the arena that God said in the Bible where everybody wants to, to, to hear things that's going to tickle their ear. Nobody wants to hear what God has to say. No, you don't. No, you don't. Because every time you bring something to somebody, everybody's over in the corner shivering and, and all twisted. And I don't necessarily mean shivering scared. I mean just shivering, you know, like... Um, how, what's the word I want to use? You know, because I love the word twisted. Oh, that's one of my favorite words. Because that just seems to have so many uses. But, meaning, you can't say nothing to nobody no more. No. 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 People are not, not as tough as they should be, they claim to be, or in the wrong place of their life. They've got all this base in their voice, but when it comes to the things of God, when you challenge them, there's really very little that they come back with, that they can come back with. And see, here's the thing. God has me coming from a biblical standpoint of view. I don't always have to say what the Bible says or in John 4 verse 5. It no. Because what I say is something that's based on something that God has shown me in his word. So I don't have to continually say based on this, based on that, 
you know, this verse says, that verse says, because what I'm going to say is coming from the word of God. So the Lord said, I need you to challenge my people because a whole lot of people out here ain't challenging my people. They are, you know, they're preaching what people want to hear opposed to what people need to hear. And my people have become as fickle as the street. That when you say something to them, it, it, it's, it, they, they're too busy worrying about their feelings opposed to worrying about what did God just say. You know, when somebody says something to me, can I actually go back and refute based on the word of God what they're saying? Can somebody call something out and, and, and I can say, well, you know, in the word of God, it's but, and, and be correct. That's the other thing, because a lot of times you find people are are, are loud and wrong. And I'm not saying that I'm perfect, but what I am saying is by the time I say something to God's people, whether it be here, you know, as a general statement to everyone or it's something targeted to someone, then, you know, it's, it's, it's not met the way it should be met. And I don't, I'm going to tell you this, I'm going to tell you this, I don't say things just to be talking. Now, it may seem like I like to talk, but if anybody really knows me, I mean really knows me, you'll know, I don't really like to talk. I talk because I have to talk. I talk because I have to talk. I don't talk like, I don't talk because I want to talk. I talk because I have to talk. And going back to what I was saying a second ago, you know, I'm finding that God's people are very fickle. And and here's what I mean in, in in today's fickle world and word. They want to do what everybody else is doing. They're picking up, everybody's picking up these habits. Everybody's doing these things that... Everybody else is doing. But without any biblical foundation. And we kind of talked about this last Tuesday. I think it was last Tuesday or last Thursday maybe. May have been last Thursday. You know, when the lady went to the the, the church in India and, you know, they were setting her up to be a human sacrifice. And I'll be honest with you, that's exactly what that's exactly what God's people are doing right now. That's exactly what God's people are doing right now. Instead of them studying for themselves, and this came up last week, but instead of people studying for themselves, they're absorbing everything. Everything. Well, if one church person does it, or if 25 per- church people do it, or if 35 church people do it, then I'm going to do it too. Where is the biblical foundation for just picking up these things and doing it? And I'm sorry, I'm just at the point in my life when it comes to God, I can't do everything. I can't, no, even when God tells me to do something. I'm on point. I got my ear to the ground. I'm listening. I'm paying attention because I got to make sure that that's God talking to me. I, I need to know that's God talking to me. I'm not adopting nothing new, and I mean anything 
if the word of God has not given me that stamp. Now, whether it's a verbal word from the Lord, whether it's a, a written word from the Lord, I am not developing anything. And here's the thing. When you claim that you are being led by the Lord, meaning the spirit of the Lord. When you claim you didn't heard from God, it better line up with that spiritual word that we got in our hand called the Bible. Because, see, God is not going to give you anything that does not match his written word. And that's what I'm finding. I'm finding people talk about, oh, yeah, well, I was moved to do this. But I'm looking at the spiritual written word, and I'm like, well, where is that here? Because the word of God tells us, that spiritual written word, tells us that the two will not war against one another. A house divided will not stand. So you're not going to tell me that the stuff you doing is correct if when I look in the word of the written word of God and I'm seeing something very different. No, now there's the challenge. There's the challenge. And ultimately, the challenge doesn't come from me. The challenge comes from the written word of God. The inspired word of God. We cannot just pick up and do whatever we want to do because that's what everybody else is doing. I'm, I can name you 30 things that everybody else is doing, but it's not adding up. And I'm watching this world, and I'm like, well, is anybody paying attention? Is anybody, anybody paying attention? Or are you just galloping with the gang? And that's what my grandmother used to call it, galloping with the gang. Are you doing what everybody else is doing? So my people of God, as Shanti said yesterday, don't take what the enemy is offering. Because that's what's happening. We're looking at the masses. And we're thinking that it's okay because everybody else is doing it. And if everybody else is doing it, then it can't be wrong. Well, I beg to differ because, again, the Word of God says, broad the road that many will travel that will lead to destruction. But narrow the road that only few will find that will lead us into eternal life. Now, how's that for your everybody's doing it? Ah, how's that for your everybody's doing it so it can't be wrong? Because do you know how many times that one comes out? Well, you going to tell me, Steph, that all these people are wrong? I'm sorry, I'm not telling you the word of God is telling you. Watch for the broad road that everybody is going to be jumping on. You know what's funny? When we were growing up, we were told, don't do what everybody else do. Don't be a follower. Be a leader. And when we get to be adults, we're about the dumbest 
on in due time with Pastor Steph. <laughs> so, oh, go ahead and uh, get that healthy breakfast. Go ahead and tell somebody that it's due time with Pastor Steph is on. And whatever you do, go nowhere. Because we will be right back. You are looking at an abused child. Most men and women in prison today were abused children. The severe neglect and physical, sexual, and emotional abuse of our children make child abuse a national tragedy. It is estimated that there are at least one million cases of it in America each year. Over 2,000 of those abused children die each year. And because many abused children grow up to abuse their own children, child abuse is passed on from generation to generation. For many families, child abuse is a family tradition. Yet child abusers can be helped. Help destroy a family tradition. Write Prevent Child Abuse, Box 2866, Chicago, Illinois, 60690. I don't care what happened in your childhood. 
you don't have to live with this thing for the rest of your life because I've given my son so that the healing can begin. I've given my son so that you would have a right to peace. Oh, wow. So, yes, it's not just the man in the PSA who says this thing. God said it first. God said it first. All right. All right. Well, what are we talking about this morning? Well, I got some quick news. Now, interestingly, you know, we're talking about our little people in school all the time. That's one of our uh, continued topics. And we're talking about last year, April, little Romeo Pierre Lewis Five collapsed while playing tag during the recess period at school. And the staff that was around, they actually didn't do anything because they thought he was playing dead. Yeah. You know, they're out in the yard and they're playing and, you know, they're playing all kinds of things, you know. And, you know, if it doesn't seem alarming, you know, they're not going to run. And uh, a couple days later, he ended up dead. He wasn't playing. Wasn't playing anymore. And unfortunately, you know, they are now suing. Uh, They're now suing. There's now a lawsuit that claims that, you know, while he was in the kindergarten and he played in the yard and he collapsed, you know, they allowed him to lie on the ground for about 10 minutes without assistance or medical treatment, um, despite everybody was kind of standing around. There were three teachers standing nearby, and the the children did tell the teachers about little Romeo's condition and they ignored it again because they thought he was playing around. And by the time the teachers realized that he actually needed attention, it was pretty much too late. Well, actually, he ended up dying that day, not a couple days later. He ended up dying that day. And he ended up dying with some level of cardiac um, uh, occurrence. And he has, um, or he had a genetic disorder. And they say this this disorder um, made the electrical activity of the heart abnormal and oh boy so the parents didn't know what was going on so they couldn't really 
you know, tell the teachers, you know, what to go on, you know, what to uh, expect or what to look out for. And uh, so, unfortunately, you know, this is what happened, you know. And, you know, we have to really make sure we pay attention to, you know, everything. You know, I, I have a granddaughter we talk about all the time, Mariah, and she complains about her legs. And that that's, you know, I don't, I don't care for that complaint. You know, she doesn't weigh anything but about two pounds. She's about as thin as a rail. Um, and so it's not like weight or anything like that. And, you know, I, I, I'm telling a mother, get it checked out. You know, she complains. She hasn't complained recently, but, you know, we we can't ignore these things. You know, children are really, you know, they're becoming ill more and more. And, you know, these things that, you know, they are experiencing, we don't know if it's, you know, something that we need to pay attention to or not. So we need to pay attention to everything need to pay attention to everything. And unfortunately, you know, he had not exemplified any level of distress. And when he fell out in the yard, you know, everybody kind of shrugged and, you know, didn't pay much attention. And I don't know how bad I am at them, to be honest with you. You know, do you allow a child to stay on the floor for five minutes? Absolutely not. Um, but I think they did need to look at, you know, go over and just make sure that nothing had happened to him. You know, did he fall? You know, was he lying there? And was he really playing dead? You know, I don't think you need to stand afar and assume, you know, he's playing. And, you know, am I going to automatically assume that this was a bunch of lazadaisical adults? Could be. Well, it could not have been, you know, but we we got to pay attention. I do know that much. We we can't assume. And with the things that's going on in the school these days, you know, in, in a way, you know, that's the other side of me that says, you know, with all that's going on, we can't be ignoring stuff. We, we better go pay attention to what we're looking at and stop, you know, assuming that, you know, everything is, is everything. And I think... That's where they're getting snagged, you know. And this could have been the first time. This could have been the first time they did something like that. But boy, oh boy, oh boy, what a time to get to that point. You know, maybe the kids were always playing like that. And, you know, you did pay attention and that's what they were doing. And therefore you weren't alarmed. That's what I said. I'm not mad. I, I, I don't know if I want to be real mad at this more than just concerned that nobody just double-checked. And I think that's what that that's what they're, they're really going to eat, the fact that they did not double-check to make sure that everything was fine. All right, so what else are we talking about? Oh, boy. We have this man who did a nice thing by dog-sitting and in 
<laughs> in the in the uh, how you said while he was doing a nice thing for his people, the dogs ended up attacking him, and they could hear the neighbors could hear him yelling, and someone called the cops, and when the cops got there, they found four dogs attacking this man in in his backyard in the backyard where he was and they had to end up shooting one of the dogs and you know one of the um the rest of the dogs kind of backed up but they didn't let up off of him completely and and we know why because they always say you know once dogs smell blood you know now you got a whole new issue and they had to, you know, do that a couple of times, fire off a couple of rounds before they completely backed up off of him. And when they did get to the gentleman, you know, his clothes were all ripped up off of him. He had multiple bites all over his body. They say, as a matter of fact, over most of his body. And when he got to the hospital, they had to intubate him, but he ended up dying, dying. And those were not his dogs, and that was the, the terrible part about it. You know, he's thinking he's doing something nice. Well, what do you think? American Pit Bull Terriers. I'm sorry. You know, they say that, you know, the, the pit bulls are, you know, they're uh, they're only as the, the uh, what do you call it, the owners, you know, treat them and, and, and train them. But I'm sorry. Y'all need to do something about these dogs. And I ain't babysitting nothing that can attack me. And because he's dead, you don't know what went wrong. Well, you know, needless to say, they've got these dogs, you know. Um, you know, they got these dogs. Um, you know, they're going to probably put them away, unfortunately. Because now, again, that they've smelled blood, they can't be trusted anymore. You know, and, you know, you can't stop people from breeding these dogs. You know, because they do it in private. And uh, they have shown that they are a danger. You know, is it most of them? No, but I'm sorry, it's enough of them. Enough of them. So, I'm, I'm not, that's that's not my thing. I ain't running behind no dogs. Well, what else are we talking about today? Hmm. Well, it seems to be this is the new trend going on. You know, you end up at somebody's house by mistake and they're killing you. Or they, they had a 16-year-old boy who they say was picking up his brother and sister. And um, he ended up getting shot when uh, he was at the wrong door. Well, you've got this 20-year-old woman. She was looking for a friend's house upstate New York and was shot in the car. In the car. 
Now, with the 16-year-old boy, he actually was at the door. They never even made it to the door. So what they said happened was they were driving. Her and three other women or three other people were driving, and they were looking for a friend's house, and they mistakenly pulled into the wrong driveway. And as they were backing up, they were leaving. So when they pulled in, they must have realized that it was the wrong place, and they were leaving, and the owner or the resident came out, shot two, two fired twice into the car, and struck the driver. And they say it's a real rural area. It's really hard to kind of see. And it was very easy to make that mistake. But again, when she pulled in, she immediately ended up backing out. And this 65-year-old Kevin Monaghan shot her and she ended up dead. Yeah, she ended up dying from the gunshot wounds. They went to the house and he wouldn't open the door at first. I guess not, because you know you were wrong. And finally, after some exchange, they did end up arresting him, charging him with second-degree murder. And now, you know, this, this woman doesn't have her life. And they said they are really, he's, he's really going to pay for this because there was clearly no threat, no threat at all. No one even got out of the car just a woman and her friends mistakenly pulled into the um into his his uh onto his property into his you know driveway and I, i'm gonna tell you something i have at times you know done that or how about when you just need to make a u-turn when you realize that you're at the wrong you know you're at the wrong place Oh, you're going in the wrong direction and you need to turn around and you kind of, you know, do your little K-turn and you end up having to pull, you know, slightly onto somebody's uh, property to do to turn around and to think that just that quickly you can lose your life. That quickly you can lose your life and that's that's scary. That's really scary. I tell you, and again, it seems to be like once you hear one thing, you hear 20 things. You hear this stuff over and over and over and over again. All right, well, this, again, trend, trend, trend. You hear it once, you hear it twice. So this group of nurses down in New Orleans, New Orleans, New Orleans, they, they filmed some TikTok video. Now, the TikTok video is no longer up. They ended up taking it down. But but here's where they're just stupid. So they filmed this TikTok video, um, them dancing, and they're making fun of, like, uh, the, the patient. And they have some explicits in the video. So they say that the dance included 
several references to sexual acts. And as they were lip-syncing to this vulgar track by N.L.E. Chopper, I don't even know if that's how you even say it, they say the nurses also made obscene gestures with their hands and used the hospital equipment to act out the parts of the song. So there were like seven of them in total, five female nurses, two male nurses, all in scrubs. And however they filmed the video, you could see where they were. And even one of the nurses had on an LSU nursing sweatshirt, which indicated that she was a student in the midst of her clinical trials, because I guess that's their that's their uniform. And they're saying that the the um, authorities could see that it was filmed at one of the New Orleans facilities, and they were all fired. They were all fired. Now, how stupid are you to do this? at the hospital showing where you were with the uniform on and during work hours. You couldn't even say this was done after your shift. So you are <laughs> you're dancing, filming, and you now risk your job. So is that worse than the, the or, or just as dumb as the, the, the stupid girl last week and the other weeks where we've seen, you know, or talked about these uh, particular videos of, you know, I think it was Vivian who did the story of the girl who um, filmed herself abusing the kid in the daycare center. Oh. I mean, come on, y'all. You, you can't think of nothing better to do. So, I may, may, listen, maybe it's slow at the hospital. I don't know. But I had been to an emergency room that was slow, so I'm sure they always they all had something to do. But here we are. You know, now you got these seven people without a job. So I guess that really shows that uh, you really could have found something else to do with yourself. No, boy. All right, what else are we talking about here? Because I got this other story. So in Atlanta, now I don't know how true this is, but it's all over. It's all over. And you may have heard it already for those of you who watch the news, listen to the news. So in Atlanta, in this jail, they find this LaShawn Thompson, 35. They find him dead. And they're saying when they found him, he was found with all of these um, bite marks all over him. So now they're claiming that he died from bed bugs, that he was eaten alive by bed bugs. Now they're saying that he was in there for only three months. He had only been in there for three months. You know, unfortunately, he was someone in there. You know, nobody knew he was there. His family did not know he was there. 
he was in there under like a mental illness uh, watch. They were watching him. And, well, I guess they couldn't have been watching him too well because how you end up dead from bed bugs. But they said that it was so bad in this facility that in order to go in there, an employee had to put on a hazmat suit. So they pretty much was not watching him. He was not, you know, being monitored because there's no way in the world if he was being monitored, you would not have seen that he was being bit alone, just even being bit, you know, um, by these bed bugs. So when they went in the cell, I guess, I don't know how, after how long, you know, they never going to tell that. They found him with all kinds of cuts and wounds on his body. They saw where he had been picking at his skin. Oh, good Lord. And that his body was covered with bugs. And like I said, the family didn't even know that he had been arrested or was in there until they had to notify the family that he was dead. So now the family is suing because they're saying that, boy, what level of negligence was this that someone could be eaten alive by bed bugs? Now, I remember this bed bug infestation you know when we experienced this and they had never ever declared not as far as I knew they never declared that anyone had been you know bitten so bad or so badly that they ended up dying so what kind of situation was this where that was what the coroner Listed, And they said that the family couldn't even look at the pictures because the pictures of, of uh, this man was so bad. And they say that the facility was so bad it wasn't even fit for an animal to live in. So you know this has got to be some deplorable situation. Deplorable. And... You know, again, um, you know, what are you going to do when you, you know, get into these facilities and, you know, now there's a mental health issue and they can't, you know, reach out to their family and let these people know that they're there and this is what's going on and, oh, boy, I don't know. I don't know. This this is scary. This is This is quite scary. But let's uh, let's talk to our pastor, Charlotte, and see what she's got to say about our little news stories. Uh, good morning, Pastor Charlotte. Good morning. Good morning. Can you hear me? I sure can. I sure can. How are you? I'm doing well. How are you doing today? I am well, thank you. I am well. Oh, but, you um, got this. Before we start, I just want, I'm sorry, I just want to apologize now because my phone is going out and in and also it's shutting off. So I just wanted to warn you ahead of time. I don't know. It's, that's a lot of people's phones is going on, so I don't know what's going on with it. Oh, okay. Thank you. Thank you. 
We're going to pray for no interruption. All right. Pray for a new phone. Yeah, that too. <laughs> All right. All right, Pastor Shelley, you've got these, these uh, teachers in the yard during recess. Uh, little Romeo, they see him on the ground. They think he's playing dead. After a while, the children come over, and they alert you to, I guess, maybe he's on the ground, he hasn't moved, and now he ends up dead. Later that day, he ends up dead, and they're saying it's because he didn't get the attention that he was supposed to get. Now, I've expressed my thought. What comes across your mind, you know, they, they honestly thought he was playing, and they didn't respond right away. Do you? Now the family is suing. What do you think? Well, I thought of that, is this a child that normally plays like that? See, that would be first. Now, if this is his first time, why are y'all standing there talking, chit-chatting, talking about the teachers, and you didn't come over to check. Now, 10 minutes is just too long for any kid to be on the floor, on the ground, because first of all, you should be like, uh, get up off the ground, whoever, whatever his name is. And then you also stated, right, that a child came over and told the teachers, and they paid yeah, no mind. After a while, yes, the <laughs> children ended up alerting the teachers that something was wrong. Mm-hmm. Okay, so now you know how they will play tag or you playing a game. But if nobody is playing with this little boy and they see him on the on the ground, you didn't have common sense as where's your heart at for you to go over just to check. It doesn't even matter if he was playing or not. That was my first thought. doesn't matter if he's playing or not because you're going to have to not only answer to your boss, but you have to answer to that parent. So, yes, get that money. It's not going to bring the baby back, but I would I would try to do more than that, too. All righty. All righty. We have a comment from a listener mm-hmm. um, in regards to this story. And let's say good morning to Shantice and see what, she, what our listener has got to say. Good morning, Shantice. Good morning. How are you? I'm well, thanks. How are you? Fine, thank you. Good. What, what's our comment? Okay, so we have a listener sent in a comment regarding this regarding this story. I'm sorry. That was straight neglect. Anytime I see a child on the floor, I make sure they're clean and they are not actually hurt. The kids play like that all day, just playing dead, but I still ask. Sometimes they do... They do this in character. They don't answer, so I go over and shake them with something just to be sure, and we explain that that can't ignore, that the teachers cannot ignore that kind of stuff. So the listener who submitted this is actually a school teacher. All righty, all righty. Thank you so much, uh, Shantice. Thank you, listener, for your comment. All right, makes a lot of sense, makes a lot of sense. All righty. Pastor Shawlin, you know, it's 
this is kind of a catch-22 situation. I mean, this is the teacher who's saying, hey, you know, I don't care how long they've been on the floor. I definitely check. And, you know, I, I do believe that, you know, when you look down and, you, you know, you're kind of thinking they're playing around, you know, man, I get your attention right away. But after they're there for a minute, and I guess that minute is a costly minute. That was a costly minute. Oh, too bad, too bad, too bad. All righty. Yes, very bad. All right, now, you have... Let's see what's my other story here. You had this this uh TikTok video. <laughs> this TikTok video. How stupid are the staff at this hospital that they're playing this song and it's an explicit song they say. And not only are you mouthing the words to the explicit song, but you're gyrating and doing sexual things with the equipment during work hours, Pastor Charlotte. Fired, 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 and fired some more. So now <laughs> you need to go get that job. <laughs> Since you want to be a dancer and you want to use the equipment to dance with, so go find you some another job, baby, because you won't be working here anymore. How dare they? Um, you know what I thought of when you was talking about it? more so of the patience that they have. How dare they? Because at that time, you don't know what's going on. And you said about seven of them. So that yep. means that all seven of you, I'm sorry? Yes, seven. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So you're supposed to be on a job because they, you know, once the nurses don't get off, you know, y'all swap patients. So when did you have time to do this? And what was your, out of seven people, I know somebody, one of them patients needed something, well, more than one, needed something, because you have a few patients of each person. So how dare you? How dare you? So yes, I say fire them and yeah, fire them. (laughs) Let me just stay right there. All right. All righty. We got this bed bug infestation so bad that they go into this Atlanta jail and find the man dead, and they claim he was eaten alive by bed bugs. Have you ever heard of anyone actually being eaten alive by bed bugs, Pastor Charlotte? No. No, I've never heard of anybody, even when we had that high alert about the bed bugs, I've never heard anybody dying from that. Um, But if the bugs is on him, that means that you're right, nobody watched him at all. And this had to be a long period of time, right? So in the mix of that, and then nobody knew, his family didn't know, and this is the way that y'all call the family to let them know. So, yes, once again, get the money, too. It doesn't make, and I'm, money doesn't bring a person back. We all know that. But somewhere you have to hit the people in their pockets, and that's where it always hurt people, from their pockets. So not only the facilitating place, but also whoever's supposed to be watching him on guard. 
because that meant that you was not doing your job of making sure. And how nasty, can you imagine how nasty that had to be? Yeah, yeah. They say the pictures of um, this man looked disgusting. His body, they say that he had had wounds and he had been picking at it. Um, So needless to say, that looked bad. And then whatever else they were able to see um, on his body in these pictures. So this had to be some long time where nobody saw about this gentleman. Long time, Pastor Charlotte. All righty. Thank you so much for joining us. I'm sorry. Go ahead. I'm sorry, I just wanted to say, was he, he might, was he in a place of isolation? Well, they did Um, say. You know, because as you were talking, I thought of that. Yeah, they did say that he had, you know, um, because he had some mental health issues, they had him in the psychiatric unit. But they didn't say, like, mm-hmm. you know, some of the stories we've done where he was completely isolated, you know, maybe in a part of the jail where nobody really was. But all they're saying is that he was in this psychiatric unit and probably not very populated. So he probably wasn't the only one who was being neglected at the time. But the one who ended up the worst off. Right, because bed bugs go all over. So right. I thought of, of that as well, that in that plate, on that end, so that means that they probably wasn't feeding them. Mm-hmm. You know, you know, it goes with more than that So as well. For that to happen like that, he was in it for a long period of time, and they weren't feeding him, they wasn't checking on him, and they just left him there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. Absolutely. I agree. Oh, my goodness. Well... Prayerfully, the family will, uh, there'll be some, this is some hard way to find out that your family's dead. Let's say good morning to our Pastor KL. Good morning, Pastor KL. Good morning, Pastor Steph. How are you today? <laughs> I'm so tired of you already. <laughs> Imitate me. Good morning. I'm well, thank you. How are you, Pastor KL? Fine, thank you. <laughs> oh my gosh. You on a roll today. You on a roll today. All right, Pastor KL. You've got this little Romeo who passed out in the schoolyard while he was playing. Uh teachers thought he was playing dead and they did not respond right away when the children alerted them that Little Romeo, I guess, wasn't moving for a couple of minutes. They uh, they then addressed it, and later he was taken to the hospital, and he unfortunately died of a cardiac issue that not even the parents knew about, so they could not alert the school uh, to, you know, get him uh, some attention so that people could pay a little extra attention to him. And now they're suing. Lawsuit or not? Mm. I mean, that, that, that's a touchy situation for me. I mean, if, if little Johnny was, was one of those children who played possum all the time, you know, you think he's just playing. 
But, I mean, at, at some point, I think, as, as an adult, as a teacher, you know, as a provider, you need to go over there and, you know, slap Johnny and see if he's still breathing. You know, if he's there for, for too long and, you know, we playing hide and seek, but he he's out in the open, you can find him, then that's not the game. So we, we, we might need to touch him and or, or look at him and say, hey, get up. First of all, you're laying on the ground. Why would you have a child laying on the ground outside like that? I mean, that that within itself is, is, is unsanitary. I think they were responsible, or they were yeah. negligent. Let's put it that way. Yeah. Do you have a teacher who did call in or who did write in and say that you know it is common, but you know what? She makes sure that they're uh, addressed, making sure that you know everything is all right, and even when you know there's no movement or whatever, you know she makes sure she shakes them. And she alerts them that you know this is not this is not a fun game, you know this is not a way to play, and um, you know there's no time for anything to possibly be wrong. So, you know it it it, it is a touchy situation. It is a touchy situation because it's a bad judgment call. If you are a good teacher, but you just thought that you know maybe this was a kid playing, and you know. Like you said, little Johnny's always playing like this. Little Romeo is always playing. Then that might slip you, but you know, a minute too long, and that's what it's really boiled down to. Really boiled down to this. All right, Pastor Kale, we got this TikTok video. Our nurses during their shift, dodos, not on break, but during their shift, making this TikTok video. Seven of them. And they're stupid because they they ended up showing parts in the video that could actually indicate where they were, even one of them having on an LSU or something like that, some sweatshirt that indicated that she was a student um, doing her clinicals. And now they don't have a job. You know, they're lip syncing, they're dancing. And they're using the hospital equipment to help them with the sexual gyrations in the video. Fired? Ah, just a joke. They can keep their job. I mean, definitely fired. Fired, fired, fired. You know, if you don't want to go and get a pap smear in your own time, don't do it at my job. You know, <laughs> See, you know, why? You why? Why are we... Here, why are we here? And I say this from experience. Um, I had an assistant manager working in one of my stores, and she was into TikTok. And she did a video riding around the shopping carts with her feet up on the desk, and the song was, I don't do S at work. You know, and wow. it was going on, going on, going on, and... Unfortunately, these people don't realize that, you know, it, it, when you do stuff like that, everybody can see that. And you don't know who's a friend to who friend. And I happened to see it. Needless to say, the next day she didn't have to do half that work because she didn't have work to do. She was promoted <laughs> to unemployment. <laughs> wow, wow, wow. You know, I, this is just bad. Again, another level of bad 
judgment. Now, what are you doing in the store? Wow. Uh, that was dumb. Another dumb move. Right, right. Another dumb move. Wow. Right. All righty. All right. This bed bug situation. 35-year-old Lashawn Thompson uh, found dead in a nasty, filthy jail cell having been eaten by bed bugs. Eaten alive, they say. What comes to your head? Well, I mean, one of the questions I guess I would ask that, that Pastor Charlton asked, was he by himself? You know, a lot of times in jail cells, you know, you, you don't have a, it's not like when you go to the hospital and you order a single room. You know, you always have somebody in there with you. So were that person not um, affected by it either? And then bed bugs don't just confide to one room. They go around the whole house. So was no one else affected? So where was he that that he was the only one and, and that it was so severe that when feeding him or, you know, when he's going to take a shower, no one notices at all? He, he had to be in some type of confinement. And I think that's pretty sad that no one addressed the issue because if he died from it, you have to have noticed it. You know, bed, bed bugs are something serious. They're, when they bite, they 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 bite for, for blood. You know what I mean? So, if he had if he had multitude of bites, so 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 severe that he died, who who dropped the ball on this? Yeah, this this is definitely a heavy case of negligence. Heavy case of negligence because even they say that. You know, when you looked at the pictures that he had been picking at the wounds, you know, cuts and wounds that he had been picking at. So when you went to feed him, or you had to have looked in on it, you had to have seen this. I agree with you and Pastor Charlotte 100%. And this is just, again, negligence 101. And now, they, they oh, they're going to pay for this one. Oh, they're going to pay for this. They're going to pay, 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 pay. For this one oh, Thank you for joining us this morning Let's talk to our Pastor Jeff And see what Pastor Jeff has to say Good morning Pastor Jeff Good morning Good morning Good morning How are, How you? are you I'm good That's good That's good yeah. Alright Pastor Jeff We're talking about these teachers in the schoolyard what do you, what do you think? Do you think negligence, or do you think you know what it can happen? Well, what say you? The, give give it to me with what happened with the child in the schoolyard with the teacher again. All right. So you have the the children at recess. Little Romeo, who's five years old, in the kindergarten, he is seen laying on the ground. The teachers. Uh, who were in the yard, assumed that he was playing dead. And after a while, the child, somebody comes over to him, when the children tell them that, I guess, Romeo has not moved. So when they finally get to him, they then get him the medical attention. Unfortunately, he ends up dying later on 
at the hospital and they find that he's got some disorder, some cardiac disorder, but not even the parents knew about the, the disorder. So there was no way that they could even alert the school staff that this is something that, you know, he could possibly experience. So now the family, it's been a year. This happened last April 7th. It's been a year, and now they're suing. They're suing for negligence because they're saying when Romeo was laying on the ground, when y'all thought he was playing dead, he was dying. So how come nobody went over to just double-check and make sure that he was okay? So do you think it's negligence, or do you think... You know, it, it hey, it, you know, it happens. They they thought he was playing, and, you know, they didn't really pay attention. And when they finally did, unfortunately, it was just that minute was just a little too, too long. I'm caught in the middle on that one. I can see why the parents would sue because they have nothing nothing left now. You know, you know that's what they're going to do to see if they can get some money. But the, at the same time, I mean, children play. It depends on how long he was laying there. All of that. You know, I, I don't know if that was negligence or not. Because what do you, you know, how long was did they notice he was laying there? And nobody was beating up on him. You know, so it, I'm, I'm really caught in the middle on that one. Because, you know, I could put myself in the space of the teacher and the parent. I'm the parent. I'm going to go sue, you know, my child's dead already. And, you know, I'm going to go see, you know, what, what I can make them pay for. I want somebody to pay for it because I'm grieving. But at the same time, you know, kids play. They they lay there, you know, but I don't know how long he was laying there. It was a long hey. time. Yes, the teacher should have went and checked on him. Now, they don't actually say in this particular article how long he was laying there. Um, they just say that after some time, the children came to uh, alert them that he was not moving. So, you know, I, I guess that's why I kind of stand with you on this one. You know, if they, were, if they are normally responsible uh, teachers, then, you know, can you really say that they were negligent in that manner, that they were maliciously negligent, you know, is it, should you just check just in case, like the, like the, the, the um, sorry, the teacher wrote in and said, you know what, she checks, she checks just in case, and even to the point where if the child is still not moving after they speak, that she then shakes them, um, you know, to, uh, to make sure and then alerts them that, hey, this is not, this, 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 we, we can't play like this. Y'all have to find another game. <laughs> this is not a good one. So this is, this is, this is, uh, we'll see. We'll see. We'll see how the courts rule. I'm sure we'll hear about this story ongoing. All right, Pastor Jeff, we've got this TikTok video by our seven nurses. During their shift, again, it was last week we talked about some dumb stuff going on during the shift. And, you know, not only are they mouthing the words to this vile song, but they're also gyrating 
and doing vulgar moves with their hands and the hospital equipment to act out parts of the song. And subsequently, they were fired. Now, what 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 you thinking about this one? Is this justifiable, or or you know what? Uh, let them go ahead and play. I think people are just stupid because it's like, man, everybody want to be famous and not thinking about you know anything you put out there. People are gonna see, and they not using common sense. I mean, they made pretty good money. And going to throw it away because they want to be all nasty on a, on a TikTok video so they can get some, some likes. You know, people like me, like me, like me. Now you don't have a job. You know, it's just stupidity to me. You understand? There's, there's no, you know, you're a nurse. There's no standard that you you operate from. You just want to, you know, be a hooch out to the world. You know, so I see it. When you call it a hooch, what's a hooch, what's a hooch Pastor Jeff? Did you, say oh, hooch? Uh, you know what a hooch is? <laughs> oh. You know you want to be a spot. That's what that's what they call it. Oh, oh okay, okay, okay. okay. We, I got you know, the dot. In my day, it was a hooch. In my day, it was a hoochie. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> okay. I, I, I missed the abbreviation. I thought it was a whole new word. <laughs> Right. <laughs> oh, okay, okay. Thank you for the clarification. Thank you for the clarification. Oh my goodness gracious, yeah. They they got some likes all right. Like right on out the door. Alrighty. Now you have this bed bug um infestation, um, Pastor Jeff, which is definitely indication of some level of um um negligence on their part as well. You know, what do you see this as? I see it as a clear case, cut and dry, of them not doing their job. Because a one bug can't kill you, you know, unless, I mean, unless that, that's possible. All right, so the man had to have been getting eaten for a while, and then you're going to see the sores on anybody if you're paying any type of attention, if you're watching them. Even if you watch them only a day at a time, you go see somebody, you know, soar up. So, and I don't think bed bugs can kill you like overnight. This must have gone on for a while. So that's a clear cut of complete negligence and not caring. Right there. Absolutely, absolutely. Oh, Pastor Jeff, you know what happens to the quality of life here? Uh, all right. Last week, I believe it was Thursday, we did a story about a woman who was at a quote-unquote church, some type of a church service. And unbeknownst to her, she was being set up by at least four people, one being the leader to... Um, to become a human sacrifice. And they held her down. And after a while, they had the church service. And then somehow or another, they ended up singling her out 
ended up holding her down, and they beheaded her. And they ended up finding her head on some stairs or something later on. And we talked about, you know, just following um, anything when it comes to church. And, you know, the, the conversation came up that people are so desperate that, you know, they're, you know, they they're, they get involved with all different types of, you know, ceremonies and things like that. Well, here this week, <laughs> there's a new story. So you have in, in India again, you have this couple who commits suicide. They are following some religious uh, ceremonial uh, practice, and the 38-year-old man, 35-year-old woman, they decapitate themselves. So what they do is they put their head on this guillotine-like mechanism, and the blade is held up by a rope, they then pull and release the rope, and the iron blade falls on them, severing their heads, and they position. Now, this is part of the ritual. They position their bodies and the fire that's there also, so that when their heads get cut off, their heads roll in to the fire. So I, my question is, how are you doing all of this where you didn't measure it and all this kind of stuff? So they find a suicide note addressed to the family, and even though there's a suicide note, because this has become a big thing in these church ceremonial rituals, they are launching an investigation. They say that these two people left um, two children and their parents. And the the family told them that this had to have been some level of plan because for one straight year they had been going in their hut and praying every day. And now... They're really beginning, after this, they're really beginning to um, pay a lot more attention to what's going on in these um, ceremonies because they're saying normally that the, the people are doing these human sacrifices to please their gods. But now it's stepped up because... These are not people doing it to other people, as in this other incident, but now they're killing themselves. And all of this under the guise of pleasing God. Pastor Charlotte, what are we talking about here? I don't know what you're talking about, but I understand what you're saying. <laughs> Um, I'm in so awe right this moment, like, how do, okay, one is, the first thing that came to me is, 
this is what happened when people just don't read the word for themselves. That was the first thing that, that popped in my head as you was talking. Um, and then we are following um, somebody that's talking about killing yourself. Now, if you read in the Bible, it talks about that we should not do that to ourselves. We should not do murder. We shouldn't, we, you know, I'm, I'm stuck on the piece of that this is not the only people in that place. Um, where that there's others that are doing this. And so many people are just so thirsty of being a part of something, of something. And this is not of our God, whatever God that they're serving, because it's a cult. And we hear so many of this is so real that I I just don't understand why people, because they keep you isolated. This is what I do know, because I do know of of a place that don't do right. I want to say it that way, because I don't know who's listening. Don't do right. So when you're not um, around other people, right, making it general, not around other people that's, are, are no God for themselves, and they keep you isolated. So you only are hearing just this one person's voice, and you think that that person is correct because they don't allow you to socialize with anyone, not even your family. But people are so oh, so blinded that they just stay in that one place. So let me say, no, it is not of our God, Jesus Christ, that got on the cross for us. No, that is not who he is. Who I don't know who you're serving and stop serving man. And that's the problem because we always believe in just that one person or what they say. Now you left your family behind. How do you explain that? of the people that's left, how do they explain that to your children? Mm-hmm. You know, you know I, I'm going to... This is New York. <laughs> I'm sorry. What'd you say? I said stuff like this just pisses me off. Oh, It, it really okay. does because we, we, you know, instead of us thinking for ourselves, you know, we always want someone else to think for us. And when I'm saying us, I'm just using as general people, just general people. That's what I'm meaning. And when we, instead of us taking the time, we want everything so fast, and we want to just join things so fast, and we never take the time out, you know, to see what's going on, have that open eye, that open ear. And it just pisses me off because there's so many people that are so caught up in there. This day right here. And like I said, I do know some church that do stuff like that. And I ask, why do you stay when you know that it's wrong? And they tell me that it's not wrong. I'm wrong. So I leave it and just pray. I'm sorry. All righty, all righty. All right. So I'm going to Pastor KL next. But Pastor Jeff, I'm going to give you something to ponder. You know, we... We hear of of these kind of stories, 
but I, I, I want to ask you, um, and like I said, I'll give you a moment to think, you know, about a situation where, you know, people thought that they were doing something for God. And in actuality, you know, it, it's very contrary um, to the word of God. Uh, I, I actually opened, none, I don't, none of you three were on when I opened this morning and I talked about, you know, people just picking up all kinds of habits and things like that when it comes to God, you know, and, and, and what they're doing and because this is this mass thing that everybody's now doing, it seems to be okay. And nobody's studying to find out for themselves. So I'm coming to you in a minute, Pastor Jeff. But Pastor KL, you know, you, you hear of um, this particular case. We, like I said, we talked about it Thursday. Neither None of you were on last Thursday, but, again, you know, there was a woman who went to, you know, this service, and they had, you know, this, uh, this, this, this ritualistic uh, service going on, and she had no idea that she had been invited to actually become the human sacrifice. And when she knew anything, they were pinning her down and decapitated her. They now, they've arrested people um, subsequent to the occurrence. But, you know, again, there's this thing of, you know, people just go and, you know, they're not paying attention. And, you know, what are we doing for ourselves, opposed to just following what everybody else is doing in church. Well, yeah. Um, again, you, you know, you just said, you know, people are not studying. You know, the Bible says study to show thyself approved. You know, um, I, I, I will say this, and it might, it might ruffle a, a, a few feathers, but what, if you don't know better, you don't, you don't do better. You know. And, and and if all I'm being taught is what you're teaching me that I'm I'm and I'm not going behind to study, that I'm led to believe what you're saying is right. Let's take a case in point. When we went to school at, at young people, they told us two plus two is four. And up until our age now we've been running with it because somebody told us that. So in the beginning we didn't we didn't know two plus two was four. But but because someone told us that and they kept on telling us that and they kept on testing us on that, we just we just gave up and said, you know what, two plus two must be four. So so now let's take it in, into the church realm. I'm I'm a new person wanting to know God because I done tried everything else and nothing worked for me, and everybody keeps telling me try God, do this for God, and all I want to do now is please God. And you keep telling me two plus two is four. You keep saying that, it's going to please God. You know, and all I want to do right now, because I'm at my wit's end, is to please God. And because I don't read this thing for myself, and because I don't know that suicide is a sin, and because I don't know that these things are a stench in God's nostrils, I believe that two plus two is four, and I want to please God. You know, and, and that's how we get to some of these places. You know, we go and we listen to the preacher all day, and the preacher sounds good, and, and he sounds convincing. But, but, but he, he's so far from the truth. But because it sounds and it tastes and it looks good, we keep on doing it. 
So that's how we get caught in this tension. So, and, and, and point well taken. How do we get to the point then? You know, you started off with the word of God saying study to show that self-approved. And we do know that you're not really drawn in from what you read. You're drawn to God from what people say. And that's why we always talk about, you know, we have to represent God properly because people are watching us. People are watching whether we go to church. People are watching our dedication to God. People are watching, you know, what we do, how we behave, how we speak, uh, what we don't do. And all of those things people are watching, and that's how they're being drawn in. They're not being drawn in necessarily by what they read. So how do we get to the point where we, you know, go from being drawn by what we hear to actually reading to find out whether this stuff is true? Because years ago when we did this, uh, pastors, that was that was one thing. But we've gotten to a point now where not reading and not studying is becoming even more Detrimental, and I'm I'll hold on to that. Uh, you can come. I'm going to come back to you too, so you can answer that, um, Pastor Jeff. You know, I I did ask you to, you know, think of a time where you know this was something that people just did. Nobody's paying attention to the other, you know, side of it. But you know what? They're doing it because everybody else does it. Did anything come to your mind? Well, you, that wasn't the, the real question that you put out there the first time. So I want to I want to kind of go back to what you said. I see this go on all the time in the church, where people feel like they are doing things for God. And I know of a church, and I ain't gonna say where, what state, big church. And a pastor who had a whole uh, choir full of what he called morning women. He called them morning women. And these women's job was to cater to all the needs of the pastor. Now, he was wow. married, but he had, but he had and these women, because I talked to one of them, she felt like it was her duty to make sure that her pastor was taken care of in every single way possible. And she wow. really felt like she was doing it for the Lord. And it's easy for people when they're not in their word, when they're not prayerful, to 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 the wrong spirit to overtake their minds and they will do these crazy things. The devil, you know, he starts out he thought starts with the thoughts and then so a man thinking so is he. So now these women feel like we are the ones that are supposed to take care of the needs of our pastor. And I couldn't believe it because uh, when I was invited to the church, I just was like amazed that they really believed this. You know, the pastor since repented and, you know, he lost a lot of the church when he, when he came into the light and started doing right now. But back then I just couldn't believe that you could deceive that many people into that type of lifestyle and they really felt like they were going to heaven to minister to the needs, you know? Wow. 
Wow, wow, wow. And that is what I that that is what I asked you. So thank you for answering um based on what I initially asked you. Um and this is this is very common for us to go in the church and and doing things believing that that's what's going to get us in um because we're doing this for God because we've been taught and told that we're doing this for God. And Pastor Kale brings up you know, well, how, and it's a very valid question, you know, uh, because it is the truth. People come in based on what they hear. Like you just got finished saying, Pastor Jeff, people are being told this from leadership. Well, at what point do we get to, um, you know, well, let me find out if this stuff is correct. Let me read. And you brought up something else that was important, um, Pastor Jeff, prayer. You know, are we not praying are we not reading and all we're doing is following pastor charlene how are we what at what point at what point do we decide we're going to read and 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 study to find out if this stuff is real that we're being told or not so that we are not just followers and killing ourselves thinking we're doing this for the lord okay one of the things that i see that is an issue um majority of people don't even carry a Bible anymore. Mm -hmm. Um, And then on top of that, I know for myself what I, when a person come in, my question is, do you have one? And to be able to provide one. Um, I've seen where that people come in uh, whatever time that, you know, whatever day they come to worship God, whatever, or Bible study or something to that effect, right? So they will come in, and but the person that is doing it does not make sure that everybody has a Bible. So that's an issue right there. So I can't read anything if I don't have right. it. Right. Um, so when we don't ask the question, you know, because that's where you got to start at, to be able to read it, right? So now after they get the Bible, do we make sure that they are understanding what they're reading. And a lot of times we find that, like, okay, so you get up and you say, we're going to go to Romans, just picking a, a book, right? And then when half of the time, a lot of people, and I'm talking about people who's been coming, coming, you know, just constantly coming, faithfully coming, singing on the choir, coming, you know, all their time coming, right? And then they don't know the difference between the Old and the New Testament, mm-hmm. right? So as the past, as the leader, right, when do we sit and take time to make sure, well, I'm not going to take the time and I'm not going to sit with you because I want you to hear my voice and that's right. all that you're going right. to hear, right. Right? right? So we get caught right. up into that piece as well. So that's where we got to start from to see, do you have a Bible and to show old from, from new. Let's start in just that piece right there. And, and when it's so sad, cause now everybody, and I know everybody does technology, you know, they, I got a Bible in my phone, but do you have a, do you have a Bible, the Bible app in my phone? 
um, but do you have a Bible? So my thing is start right there. And that I way agree. that you'll be able to. I agree, Pastor Charlotte. I agree. I agree that, you know, the pastors or the leaders or the preachers, you know, they they thrive on the fact that people are just coming to here. They don't come with a Bible. There are not Bibles that are provided in the church. And in in in, in my service, we're not allowed electronic Bibles. And I'm going to tell you why. First of all, y'all got notifications popping up all over the place. You haven't silenced those. Um, it's also going to encourage you to scroll someplace else. No, if you're if you're looking in the Bible, the only thing you're going to see is the Word of God. You ain't going to see no, nothing else, nothing else. Everybody has a literal Bible. We have invested in the books, the Bible books, and that's where you need to read. Right. But, again, like you said, it's because if I want you to hear me, if I want to deceive you and I don't want you to look for yourself, then, of course, I'm not going to provide you with what you need. Pastor KL, okay, also, so you're the one. I'm, I'm sorry, yeah. can I just say this piece? I'm sorry. I just want to say this piece, a, a point that you had made of having it, and I agree with you. But you know a lot of times they're following, here we go, the leader. And I. it bothers me, and this is my own personal thing, because everybody's in technology, I I just believe in how can we tell them to read the word of God and to have the Bible and you're standing there with your phone and it's going off, just like you said. Okay, so I will I, I will say this. I will say this. I use my iPad. I do not have mm-hmm. a literal Bible. So um but I don't have notifications popping up all over the place. My thing is not ringing and and stuff like that, the way these people have stuff popping up all over their phones. However, um, I do. I do. I do use my iPad. I don't use the literal Bible. But if I had a literal Bible, I'd be able to tell you exactly where every book is. You have to get to where I am. And, yeah, I'm going to put it out there just like you have to get to where I am. So I, I will I will not not respond and make you believe that you know I'm one who uses a Bible because I don't I actually don't I do use my iPad so yes you 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 gonna use the Bible up in here I'm sorry you gonna use a book you're not gonna use I don't care what what I you gonna use a book all right so that 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 I will say that I will say um, and it's not more of a response to you but more of a let's say a confession on my end. Um, but point well taken, point well taken. Um, Pastor KL, you know, you, you brought it up, and, you know, we have to get to the point where we study, but at what point do we get there on our own? Pastor Charlotte says it needs to be encouraged from the top. I agree. It needs to be encouraged from the top. You know what? You, you ladies, pastors, make perfectly good sense. We're, we're all, I want to say, around the same age. So when, when we went to church as children, at least when I did, there was a Bible behind every pew. So when yep. you sat down, you saw a Bible in front of you. You right. know what I mean? There was a Bible throughout the entire church. It wasn't just on the first row. So, so if you didn't have a Bible, there was no excuse why you right. couldn't follow the right. preacher. Because it, there was one given to you, all provided for you. You know, for your convenience now, you had to leave the Bible 
back at that pew when you left, but you was able to read as the pastor was reading. You know, and right. then back in those days, you know, the pastor w- w- was preaching real stuff. You know, it, it wasn't like he was trying to impress you or he was trying to preach over your head or he right. was just preaching to the pulpit. Back in those days, the pastor, you know, they were concerned about souls and only souls. They did not want you to go to hell. You know, so, right. so they encouraged you, you know, to, 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 to read this Bible. Because every every Sunday you were going to hell for something else. So he scared you into getting the Bible. He scared you into reading things for yourself. Oh, can I do this? Oh, can I not do this? Can I do this? You know what I mean? Now everything is, is money coming. Everything is prosperity. So so I, I'm not reading the Bible for that because the preacher told me I was about to give me some money. You know, so so it it, it does start from the head. And the, and the head has to speak truth through the whole thing. Yeah, there, there is some prosperity times, but 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 we've been going to endure for a season. You know what I mean? There, there, there's going to be some good times, but there's going to be some bad times as well. And unless you can study this thing for yourself and figure this thing out for yourself, the situation that you're going through, you can't come out of. Because one, some of these preachers you can only speak to on Sunday if you can speak to them after church. You don't have that kind of relationship where you can say, hey, can we talk about where this is in the Bible? you got to be right. able to be like David and encourage yourself. But the only way you can encourage yourself is that you have to know the words to encourage yourself. And that's in the Bible. So so, so you, you can't wait until next Sunday. Sometimes your crisis will not allow you to even wait another day. you got to figure this thing out today. Absolutely, absolutely. Absolutely. Pastor Jeff, at what point do we go from hearing and listening only to let me find out this thing for myself? I mean, you're supposed to go from that from the very beginning. I mean, we're putting so much emphasis on the pastor showing people to, you know, learn for themselves, but people need to learn for themselves. You know, you don't just walk into anything blind and you don't just sit there blind. I mean, that that just shows the laziness of the people. They want the pastor to do everything. They want other people to do everything for them and that's why they easily let astray. You got to be study to show yourself approved. A workman needed not to be ashamed but rightly dividing the word of truth. You need to do it for yourself. Stop relying, because if you, you're relying on another human being, I mean, just think about it. I'm a pastor, and I'm getting all this power because you're making me a god. How, how easy it is for me to fall into that. You know, I'm, I'm this god, and y'all just follow me blindly. So don't rely on, on, on another human being to help you to, to be dutiful and to be mindful and to keep your eyes open and to study for yourself. That's how I feel about it. Well, I, mean, I got a question for, for Pastor Jeff. I got a pastor, yeah. I got a question for Pastor Jeff. So, so, so Pastor Jeff. So, let me ask you a question. So then, if I can't rely on you to teach me the Word of God, and 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 if I can't rely on you that what you're saying is truthful, 
then why am I coming to your church? I mean, because the reason why I come there is because I'm encouraged by some of the things that you have taught and some of the things that you have said. But if I can't rely on you because you're saying that, that you know, can't rely on man, then why do I come to your church? What's my, what's my motivation to, to want to even go to church if I can't rely on the pastor? Well, see, the thing is you can rely on me because I have a heart for God and I'm going to do this. But my thing is I'm not saying, you know, you shouldn't be able to rely on them, but you shouldn't rely on them. That's the point I'm trying to make, meaning like you put in your hands in the hands of, of, of another human being that's fallible, that can get caught up like, like Lucifer got caught up in pride for his beauty. You understand? They can get caught up in the power they have to keep you in a certain place where they can control you with the word of God because you don't know. So I'm saying not that you shouldn't be able to. You should be able to rely on them, but you shouldn't rely on them. You should study for yourself. All right. I got a comment. I got a comment. Boy, y'all get this conversation jumping at like 12 minutes left. Hold on, hold on, hold on. There's a comment from a congregation. Right, right. How dare you guys? Okay, real quick. All right. I completely agree. I understand the question that Pastor Kale had, but I completely 100% agree with Pastor Jeff, especially with my pastor also being my mommy. And I remember uh, back in 2019, God had to bluntly ask me a question, well, I'm confused. Who are you worshiping, me or your mother? And I was like, whoa, okay, because it was very easy. Before she became my pastor, I've always had a very tight-knit relationship with her, and now she's my pastor. So it's very easy to, oh, yeah, I still, you know, I still read, I still do this, but yet I was following her more than I was following God. So as a congregant, you have to make sure that you learn the importance of developing your own relationship with God because there have been a couple of times, even recently, she hasn't told me to do anything wrong, but she's asked me to do something, and I was like, oh, wait, wait, I can't do that right now because God asked me to do such and such a thing, where before it wasn't like that. It was, oh, okay, you asked, so I'm going to do it. Even though it wasn't anything wrong, it wasn't anything that would send me to hell, but I was putting her before God. So I completely agree with Pastor Jeff because you have to make sure that even though you see the benefit in the pastor's counsel, so on and so forth, you building your own relationship with God is going to have you be able to stand alone because, God forbid, he or she passes. Now there goes your relationship with God. All right. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Shantice. All right. All right. Well, ooh, this got juicy quick. All right. So, we, we unfortunately we have run out of time. How dare you three? Uh, we might have a chance to come back to this next week, God spares, and 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 continue this conversation. But we thank you so much for your contribution into today's conversation, and we pray that everybody goes back and studies <laughs> yourself. Study yourself. Uh, giving God thanks for all of you. We pray you have a blessed day. You all Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Ah, oh, let's get this benediction. Hmm, I don't even know where to go today. So I'm just going to go straight to the 
to the top. Now the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord turn his face toward you and give you peace. Numbers 6, 22 through 26. Hmm. Now it's interesting to hear today um, that what was said, because if anyone has heard me over the last 10 years, I will tell you in a minute, put your head in that Bible. I am not, don't go nowhere telling nobody that Pastor Steph said. You better be able to say that the word of God says. And I do agree. I do agree that, and, 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 and it's a tough journey because, again, go back to where people are. Are they coming to God on their knees, crawling, dragging? Because they they didn't they they at their last last breath, and Jesus is their last resort. Because that makes the difference in how you come to church. If you come to church like that, more than likely you're gonna come in desperate. More than likely, you're going to come in and you're just listening. More than likely, you're going to come in whatever the pastor says is better than what you've been through, so you're clinging on to that. So regardless of whether this is true or false information, that's what they're going to follow. They're going to follow what they hear. I'm going to give you an example of, of, of how detrimental it is to know your own word. The other day... I was I was on Facebook, and I was uh, doing some research, and I came across a woman who had a live. I missed the live, and she was um, she hadn't been on for a minute, so she ended up on this particular time, and she was saying how you know she just. She didn't have a particular message. She didn't get a particular word from God, but she just wanted to talk in general. So she says, now I want you to listen. She says, oh, well, there were, there were a set of brothers in the Bible, and their name was uh, 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 Jacob and Esau. And Jacob hated Esau because he had, his, because he had a birthright. And um, he ended up killing Esau, and the Lord asked him, uh, uh, am I your brother's keeper? And he said, no, he wasn't his brother's keeper. And my mouth, I was breathless. Because she went on to say, and I'm asking you all, are you your brother's keeper? And I was breathless. And if you know your word, you'll know why I was breathless. Because she kept going. So I said, wait, before, I, it was immediately at that point, I needed to disconnect. And she hadn't gotten too far. She hadn't gotten too far into her, she had been on for like, an, she was going to be on, her, her thing was for about an hour and change. 
and this was no more than maybe about mm, 10, 15 minutes max. Cause I didn't start from the beginning, kind of jumped over because I didn't want to hear the preliminaries that she had. So I decided to look at the comments. And the comments were, amen, preacher's sister, tell that. And I'm saying, who is not saying to her, uh, you got your people mixed up? And I disconnected. And the point I'm making is, that's what happens when you just listen. How many people who were listening knew she was wrong when she said that? And I said to myself, how many people have told her since then that that was the wrong information? Because had it been me, I would have pulled it down. Maybe in, in when, when she was speaking, she didn't realize she said the wrong two names. But when someone alerted her, it should have been pulled down. I would have pulled it down. As the person who was giving that word, and y'all know I do lies, I would have pulled it down because I refuse to believe that I would okay, I would be okay with taking someone down that road. Completely incorrect information. And that's why I say at what point will we begin to take our own the ownership of reading for yourself. Because like I said, I tell people all the time, don't, don't, mm-mm. here's the scripture, and that that's what we do. Whether it's sermon, whether it's study, there's scripture here. I do not let you go if you got questions. We'll stay here all day until your questions are answered. And that is the responsibility of the leader. Because we have to understand that there are people who won't study for themselves. And we need to encourage that practice, that they study for themselves. It is our responsibility to teach our people, to let them know how important it is to study for themselves. We cannot let people believe that it's okay to just listen to the word of the pastor. So Pastor Jeff and Pastor KL and Pastor Charlene are correct. The, the leader has the responsibility of ensuring that when his or her people come through the door, that we encourage you and we provide you with the tool you need, that Bible itself, let you know that it's important for you to read. If we don't encourage you, more than likely you're not going to do it because you're thinking that whatever I say is gold, is Bible itself. So we have our responsibility, and you as a parishioner have your responsibility. You've been listening to It's Due Time with Pastor Steph. Join us Monday through Friday from 7 a.m. to 9 a.m. where we discuss matters of the heart, mind, and spirit. As you go through your day, be sure to set your mind on things that are above, not on things that are on the earth. They will only serve as a distraction. Remember, prayer changes things.
It's Pastor Steph signing off, and I want to thank my due time crew, our pastors, for always coming through big time. Thank you for hanging out with us today and participating in the conversation. Please do not miss this opportunity to get that relationship with the Lord and give him your life. Please do not miss the opportunity to strengthen that relationship with the Lord because later is not promised to any of us. Until tomorrow, God spares, where it's Wow Wednesday. <laughs>